You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. You are back with your Hot Mess Sunday, boys. It is. It's It's hot and messy and awesome. Yeah. we Actually, we have um, one of our interns on the boards today. Yeah. We're kind of just showing him. Yeah. Showing him how to do it. It's good. It's nerve-wracking. I saw his finger shaking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As he's over there. It's a packed house and a packed show. It's this we have Sunday. a lot coming today. Mm-hmm. This is a good Sunday for you to tune in. So to all our regular our regular listeners, thank you for tuning in and all for all the people who end up like turning the dial. We get those notes all the time. Exactly. Um, you're driving through town or whatever. Thank you for joining Outspoken, your local awesome. Exactly. And if you're listening to us on our iTunes, then thanks for tuning in again yeah. on Whatever day of the week you're listening. Yeah, and remember to leave a review on our iTunes page. If you're just hearing now, if you miss part of the show, you can go tomorrow. This show is up right away. It is. Um, on iTunes, just look for Outspoken on your podcast uh, listing. And then put in there, we accept all five-star ratings. So All five-star. All of them. That's right. So. That's all we have so far. I know. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And not five people with one stars. That does not <laughs> equal five stars. Five star rating. Okay. Uh, so, so go rate us. Also, if you're watching us on Periscope, um, that's fun and new. And yeah, and the peace sign. Hey, yeah, guys, everybody out there. And I can't see any comments that you send, but I do every once in a while see the hearts. So, you know, we just, way to go. Yeah. Anyways, this we has like been that. a crazy, crazy week. It has. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to start off with something fun that you and I did yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, So on this show for one of our Straight Talk segments, my roommate Sather has been on. He's he's a he's a favorite of uh, our guests, I guess. Yeah. And Um, we love him. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. So the other day, you know, I walk in. Uh, he's sitting out in our man cave in a garage smoking his cigar like he usually does. Um, and he asked me if I know anyone who plays music. So um, I say, well, yeah, I know a lot of people. He's like, what about violin? So I talked to him. I'm like, what are you what are you thinking? Yeah. And he's going to take this girl on this amazing date. They're going to dinner. Then he wants to walk through the park. And, you know, he walks in and there's a guy playing a violin for them. That whole thing. Rose, yeah. romantic, whatever. Um, so... We talk about it, and then I was like, well, what if you did this? What if we set up a whole little champagne, like, cupcake dinner at Manitou Park right. in a gazebo? Jonathan and I will sing for you. Yes. And that's exactly what we did. So yesterday, we dressed up, and yeah, we, we looked fancy. We sung a song. And yeah. yeah. You, you played yep. your mad ukulele. Mad ukulele. On it. Yep. Yeah, and we went, and it was fun. And I will say, so, so our review was, he calls us afterwards, and so he's very excited. And he says, um, it was... It was like a movie. Yeah. I'm like, that's the best <laughs> review you could possibly and get. And best part is he got that goodnight kiss. Okay, he got so that kiss. Here's the thing. If you get the boys to serenade you, we yeah. can, we guarantee you a goodnight kiss. We do guarantee It's the you. boys' guarantee. Yeah. So that, that segue ties us into something else we're doing. Um, we are now for hire for private <laughs> events and yes. uh, magical anniversary dinners. Yes, we will. So <laughs> we've got It's like 50 bucks an hour. It's fine. The ukulele. <laughs> you know, there is a video yeah, from last is, night. There is. <laughs> 
you know, if you want some mad ukulele mm-hmm. skills and and uh, some amazing vocals by Jonathan Sheffield, oh, and a bear singing you, singing uh-huh. to you, who doesn't want that? Then, um, you know, you should probably get us. And if you want that goodnight kiss, you don't know how to seal that deal. Well, we'll, we'll help you. We're there for you. Because I mean, candle night, candlelight dinner. Mm. Listen to that song. How could you say no after that? So yeah. it was very cool because she was very shocked. Yeah, she she, she was, was so surprised the yeah, whole time. Yeah. And that's the random job stuff Seta. we get ourselves into. So. <laughs> I know, and it's fun. We just love. I like that it. Shit. We want, and then we want to talk about something because okay, so this is a crazy kind of intern day. Mm-hmm. So it first is. First of all, we want to give mad thank yous to. Two interns who are moving on. They are, with their unfortunately. Lives. And, you know, they'll, but, because we're awesome, you know. they'll probably come back in or whatever. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> uh, like we were saying, awesome man, Houston Tilly, on the boards, mm-hmm. uh, is thinks he has to go get an education. So, he is, this is our, our last Sunday where he's here, although we'll see him off and on because we stalk him. So, so we yes. want to give mad props. I don't even know if people say that anymore, but I want to say thank you <laughs> to Houston Tilly. <laughs> and... The whole reason we have a hootie is that Tyson Wright yeah. you know, has also been a great intern here. And this is his last Sunday with us as well. So a uh, thank you to the hootie because the so, hootie is leaving us. Yeah, we are we are saying goodbye to two of our favorite interns. Not that anyone mm-hmm. else is in our favorite, but since they leave, they get favorites today. Yes, you, you are deemed favorite <laughs> today. Um, somebody else we want to bring on uh, really quick because we want to talk about, listen, so we get to work with some amazing people, and they are all crazy and creative as it is. And so this person I forgot to tell that we were going to have on the mic just for a second. <laughs> and so really quick, and we're going to have Mariah, our newest intern, come to the mic. And she's going to actually not only help us test a new mic, but she has something cool coming up, and we want to make sure we give um, – you know, some credit where credit is due. She is our videographer intern. She does all of our editing and she's now trying to help us be organized, which is not an easy task. So first of all, we're gonna we're gonna test. Mariah say hi into that lovely mic right there. That's not a thing. Yeah, you should turn it this on. <laughs> So we didn't say she's not our broadcasting intern. No, so. and we uh, did not prepare her. Let's be honest. This is this she's is our. Giving fault. us the look. This <laughs> is also what we've learned about Mariah. She is not afraid of no. us at all. So all right, Mariah. Can you say give hey? Us a shout out. Hello. Anything? Nothing. Steal a mic right there. We're gonna talk to you really quick. So Mariah, you've been our intern, our newest intern for I don't even know, like a few weeks. No. True. Yes. True, true that. But you have something cool that you are doing. You actually went to school for this video stuff, and you have a documentary debuting at a film festival this Sunday, I believe. Um, I do on the 14th of Friday um, at 2.30 in Washougal. We will be premiering our uh, student-made mm-hmm. feature-length documentary. It's a biographical documentary about a local Olympia, Washington man who is a businessman, art collector, philanthropist, and just awesome. In I was going to say, an awesome. uh, mm-hmm. from what I've seen so far, just an all-around really cool guy. What's the name of the documentary? The Fred Effect. <clears throat> How long ago did you make it? Um, we just finished it last year, um, and we've been submitting it to festivals. It took about two and a half years to make. Oh, wow. wow. So it's a really it's legit. amazing project that... Our amazing intern is Well, doing. so we're working on a little project, and I heard that Mariah had asked someone. She's like, I'm used to a documentary taking about a year, yeah. and we're doing it in like <laughs> a six month. weeks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she's like, I'm like, maybe we, let's just call it a promo. Yeah. <laughs> Makes more sense. <laughs> 
the well, well, Aaron, Aaron Kish, who actually basically put the whole thing together, mm-hmm. um, he was doing it by himself for like the first year and a half. Wow. Without any Ouch. Help. Yeah. Ouch. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. And it's a full, I mean, you guys have uh, a preview you guys, uh, that has been out there and then it's the, the big, the big release of the whole movie itself is going to be at this. Have you guys gone to film festivals before? Uh, no, this will be our first. Mm. And it's the Columbia Gorge International Film Festival. Amazing. That is really cool. All and right. Fred Effect, what is the name of the philanthropist that it's about? Fred? His name is Fred Goldberg. Fred, Fred Goldberg. Goldberg. So here's the thing. If you, wanna, cool if you want to see an amazing documentary by one of our interns please go down to yeah we're gonna convince them to play it up here somewhere yeah i know make a deal with the lantern we'll have a link for that on our facebook so go check that out i know so see some of our amazingness that Mm -hmm. is all around now something else uh we should talk about coming up here at the end of the month is jack mosey we are bringing him to the viking we are uh bar and grill downtown on stevens um that's gonna be august 29th at eight o'clock. Eight a o'clock. I almost thought you said eight a.m. That's the worst concert no. time no, no. ever. <laughs> no, it is eight yeah. p.m. Jack Mosey. We play him every week. We're very excited. Yeah. We met him when we were down at hosting Mid Columbia Pride. Yes. Um. We always talk about how much energy he has. He writes all his own stuff. He produces all his own music, and uh, I'm really excited. He's going to come over to Spokane yeah. and grace he's, us with. He's actually pretty amazing. And you know what? Why don't we start off with playing a song of his so you can hear how amazing this guy is because um yeah we're really excited to bring him use your words yes <laughs> you are back with kyrs medical lake spokane 88.1 and 92.3 fm and this is outspoken yes and we're very excited we are going to bring you've heard us talk a lot about our trips to seattle which we do a lot and we have met some amazing people we really and have. uh we've had some on the show and we want to introduce Mark Chavez. He is the visionary leader and creator of groups like Engage Now and Engage Seattle. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Mark, you are on the air. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, going well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for uh, for, for the invite. I appreciate it. Well, it's thanks great. for calling in. We're really super excited to talk to you about uh, everything you're doing in Seattle. I know. We even imported some Seattle weather over here just yeah, to, we did. in your honor. Well, you know what? It's been great weather. We're always looking at, at you know, is, is this global warming? Because this is great. We've actually right. had a summer and a <laughs> yeah. spring this year, so we're right. totally excited about yeah. it. Y'all had, y'all had seasons. Area. What? That's exactly. crazy. Now, Mark, one of the things, so when Sergey and I first met you, it was random. We were over on one of our Seattle trips, and we went to something called GPIS, Gay People in Seattle, and it was a business mixer. That Actually, that's how it was, you know, phrased to us when we were invited by a friend, and so we go there, and we met you, and we met some amazing business people, and we were very intrigued at this concept. Mixers, you know, are thing people have business mixers all over the place, but there seemed to be a vibe there that was that we were so excited about. What we want to start with, you have so many groups that you have put together. Can we start with what the what the whole impetus was when you moved to Seattle and wanted to start these? these sorts of groups. Tell us what inspired you to do that. Well, you know what? I moved up here because I really loved Seattle. So I'm originally from Southern California and just moved up here without a job, without any friends or anything. I'm like, I'm going to make this move. So I did. The challenge that I encountered, and I think many people also experienced this, is 
you go to all these existing groups, and a lot of them are professional groups, and you get these little clicks, and it's really hard to break into those clicks. So sure. yeah. um, I had met a couple of people uh, once I moved here, and we're like, why don't we just start our own group? It would be a great way to create a social group. Same premise of, of a networking group, but it's really more social. Come in and meet other people without having um, – without, well, without it, one, without it being professional, but um, – more of a, I'm here to meet you, and I'm not necessarily interested to get into your pants type of a thing. Sure. So right. it's right. been very successful. We started this in 2009, and at this point, is I believe it's the largest LGBT social group in the Pacific Northwest. We're almost at 3,000 members. Wow. And no membership. It's free. And it's really just about come in once a month, and for three hours, a social mixer, come and meet as many people as you can, see who you click with. And then from there, you build out those friendships. Right. And so to, it's, been, it's been a great experience for me, yeah, and I've heard yeah. some great stories from other people of how this has impacted them with them moving to Seattle or even coming out of a 20-year relationship. And it's like, yeah, I don't do the club thing anymore. How do mm -hmm. I meet people? So this has been a great opportunity for them as well. That's amazing. It's a great resource to have. Do you think or did you notice it being hard getting people in the door at first, especially, you know, you mentioned there were the cliques, there were, you know, the groups separating from each other. And I mean, the gay community by itself loves to you know put people in boxes. Do you think it was hard to get people in or were they just open and really wanting a group like this? You know what? It was really it, that's one thing we were totally afraid of. We're like, there's so many yeah. other groups that are already established and have a good reputation and on a regular basis with people who are well known. You're new to town in the whole bit. We were so surprised. I think, um, so we started in March, and then from March to December that first year, we would have an average of about 150, 125 people show up every single month. So I think my first year, I probably met close to 1,000 people, oh, uh, wow. which was completely overwhelming for me, but I loved it. I loved it. And from there, it's just grown because it's all been word of mouth. Wow. So it's been great. Yeah. Now, you know, you mentioned it. What's funny is having uh, this conversation on this show. You mentioned about, you know, the challenge of creating a group, especially in the, the LGBT community, that isn't about the end of the night hookup, that it really is about just everybody being able to to get together and get to know each other without that pressure. And it's funny because on this show uh, later, it's we're having a panel discussion with a, uh, a group of bears in the community. And I have to tell you, and we're going to be talking about labels, and I have to tell you, I was nervous when we were first invited to this. We obviously hadn't met you yet at that time because I am a bear. And so, you know, I feel like I have to go to very specific places or, you know, there's all that judge, judgy going on. We show up to this event and it very successfully had none of that vibe. Um, how in the world were you able to create such an open environment? Like, what was, did you... Did you specifically do things? Because I'll tell you, I've never, I could talk to anyone there and it was always a, just a great experience. How were you able, knowing that that might have been a challenge, as you mentioned, how did you make sure that didn't happen? Well, one, I'm glad that you had that experience. So after, yes. after doing this for six years, I'm glad that that, that, that is still happening. Um, it's been very effortless, um, to tell you the truth. I think our approach is, Everybody is the same. There is no label. There is no nothing. We have some people who come in who are, you know, what are you know, are termed to be wallflowers or introverts and kind of stand in the back of the room. But I think for everybody, 
it's always uncomfortable to go into a room where you don't know a lot of people. But if you have a friend, in air quotes, who is there to help you get introduced to other people or break into the little like cliques or groups that, that form at every event, that helps. And that was our big focus. So me and my other two hosts, Carlos Vargas and Tracy Schultz, um, they are great at mm-hmm. here are new people. Let's, you know, let's get to know them for a few minutes, find out, you know, what makes them tick, what they're interested in or what their story is. And then we go and we connect them to other people within there that we know. So at this point, we probably know about, I would say about 70% of the people that, that, that go there. It might be the first time or not, but we know them. So we know who to connect people with. And everybody has felt so comfortable from what we've heard. And it's been great that they now bring other friends and they, you know, they explain the expectation. We don't have to explain anything anymore. So we never really worried about those labels. It was just about these are people that you, you know, there's some commonalities at some point. Let's just get those people connected with other people who they might click with. And it's been very successful. Very much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people talk about Seattle having the Seattle freeze. Um, Talk to us about the Seattle freeze and how, you know, you managed to work around that and make this such a successful group, um, you know, despite some of the setbacks. Well, for one, uh, you know, you guys know in me, I'm an extrovert. Right. So I yeah. refused to believe that there was such a thing as a Seattle freeze. And up until a year, I think two years ago, I was like, wow, I think I'm experiencing this freeze. But, you know, it, it just takes that little effort to say hello and to reach out to someone and, and to, you know, put your, put, put your head out there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the one thing was that I've noticed that a lot of people here are so busy or tend to always say, yes, let's get together, let's get together, but don't really move forward with doing it. Um, I'm a planner by nature, so if I said let's get together, I typically you know just reach out and just plan it. All right, let's get a date. Let's you know, <laughs> put put it on the calendar. Right. So I think it's made it easier. Some of the feedback that I've gotten from the people we've done surveys in the past is, I hate planning stuff. So why don't you plan it and I'll show up? <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. that kind of feeds into well, I understand you know more of, of why that happens. But to me, it's like, you know what, let me just plan. These people are used to, you know, what happens with them and, and have experienced it and know the routine. So it's made it much easier to get people to come. Sure. Some sure. of the challenges that we've experienced is around the holidays. You know, you know, everybody stretched thin because of work and travel mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And living in Seattle, the hard thing has also been uh, competing with the sun. Right. We'll have events during the summer. And it's like, yeah, we don't even want to be indoors. So we don't, you know, we totally understand where there's low, low attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. However, we cannot have, we've solved that with having some of the uh, events now at outdoor venues, a few that, that have them out here. Sure. So it's been yeah. really great in kind of overcoming that whole freeze and people coming into town. They're like, wow, you know, this has been really great. I've heard of the Seattle freeze, but it's really welcoming in these groups. So I'm very pleased to see that that is actually what is happening and, our vision of what we wanted this group to be is still thriving in the six years that we've been doing this. Sure. Now, what do you say to communities, let's say like Spokane, you know, being like five hours away, away from Seattle, you have, because I actually think every city has their version of quote unquote Seattle freeze because it's just the, the way of technology and modern communication that we have become more isolated and uh, do not, 
as easily reach out to others. What would you suggest for communities that are wanting to do something similar to what you have successfully created over there in their community? I think it would be just kind of reach out and, and, and say hello to someone. I mean, I find myself, my, my partner Christian and I, when we walked down the street when we first started dating, it's like, why do you have to say hello to everybody? <laughs> and it's like, well, we're walking down the street. It's more awkward to kind of look at the person and look away and ignore them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I always reach out <laughs> and say hello, you know, good morning or good evening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I force them to say something. Sometimes I keep stats of, you know, what ratio are we to people saying hello. Yeah. But it's putting yourself out there. Um, you don't know what people are experiencing and, you know, just a smile, say hello can change someone's day. So even having that, or, you know, someone is new to town, say hello to them, go up to them and talk to them. You know what's going on. You might be able to cheer them up. Exactly. And who knows when you'll, when you'll need that opportunity when, you know, you might go out to the bar or somewhere and just having a rough day and a total stranger comes up to you and just says hello. Mm-hmm. You know, strike up, mm-hmm. strike up a conversation. So I think that's the first thing. It's really just reaching out, put it, putting yourself out there and just saying hello to someone. You never know who you'll meet. Love it. That See, I think that's, so a, that's good right advice now. for anybody who wants to, you know, make friends and meet people. I know. And Look I have that. to say, so you and Christian have been nothing but welcoming. Like, it, the best thing, Sergey and I talk about it all the time, the best thing we ever did was walk into those doors and attend that that mixer um, so what we want to do, cause you guys are so welcoming. I want to tell everybody in our listening audience that if you ever get to Seattle, you need to look up to see if there's an event that's going on uh, that Mark and his group are putting together because it is a great way to just be part of the city, even if you're just there for a day, yeah. if you're just there for a business trip. It's a great way to become part of you know, the the people that are there. Can you tell people where they can go find information on Engage, Seattle Engage now, all of those things, and where they can see the calendar of, hey, I'm here at the same time that this is going on? There is some challenge to this, but I'll, I'll tell you. So okay. one thing, everything's on Facebook because sure, sure. it's the social media. It's really how people are connecting nowadays. So we're capitalizing on that. So if you go to Facebook and you look up Gay People Are in Seattle or GPIS, I think if you Google it, it's one of the few things that comes up. And when we created the group, it was, you know, how can we make it easy for people to find who are new to town or looking a way to connect with the community? So GPIS um, is Gay People in Seattle. We do monthly mixtures. It's usually the third Wednesday or Thursday of the month from 6 to 9, and we pick different venues. There's one coming up in... Uh, August, August 20th, it's the first time we're having it at someone's home. So a couple friends of ours have offered their home, and this is the first time we're having it. So we're totally excited about that. The other two groups also, you can find them on Facebook. Um, And so let me kind of explain the difference between all three. Sure. With with GPIS, is really just about coming into a mixture, being like a social butterfly, just pollinating from one person to the next and meeting (laughs) different people and seeing who you click with. Uh With Engage Seattle, it's much smaller group gatherings. We might do five, we might do ten people, and go out and do an activity. And then we have a social component of it to where we really have have a chance to sit down over dinner or happy sure, hour and sure. talk and get to know each other. Um, so that's been very successful as well. We started that a couple of years ago, so slowly growing, but it's been really great. The third one is Engage Now, and that one is really focused on taking the relationships that you initiated with GPIS and then you've evolved into the engaged Seattle community and little group. And now taking this little group and we're planning 
weekend getaways with a small group. We're planning um, trips around the world. You know, the next one we have coming up, we have a small group going up to Yellowstone for five, I think, yeah, five days. So uh, great opportunities for you to start building those long-lasting mm-hmm. friendships. Right. And they can really expand around the world and, you know, start building those friendships as we get older and, and, and nurturing those. Um, the one thing that I do warn people is we try to keep an, a nice tight filter on who's joining the groups, especially like the GPIS group, so we don't get spam. Right. Um, is just indicate, you know, where you're from. We look up your profile and make sure that you do live within Washington in the area. Um, and we kind of do keep a, a little tight down on that. So. Mm-hmm. Please, I welcome everybody to come and join us. Anybody who comes in and is visiting Seattle or knows of someone who's coming to visit or come out to one of our events. We, you know, open arms, lots of hugging, uh, coming it. out, yeah. you know, we'll get yeah. you connected to other people and get you, you know, situated here in Seattle. I want to be Amazing. you when I grow up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, Mark, thank you for we calling in today. We're going to have all of those, all of that information on our Facebook so people can look that up. Uh, and Perfect. come see you if they're in Seattle. So thanks for taking time out of your Sunday. You're amazing. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And hope you guys can make it out here for the 20th. I know. Oh, we're, we we want to make that plan. Want First of all, so we, you know, we love any <laughs> excuse we can get to get there. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. So you have a great well, Sunday. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. You too. Have a good one, you guys. All right. <laughs> Bye. If you have just joined us, you are listening to Outspoken on KYRS, and that was Mark Chavez, who is the leader of a bunch of groups, social groups in Seattle, who uh, one is GPIS, gay people in Seattle, they yeah. engage Seattle and engage now, and it's been his goal to bring people of all walks of life together and have it be about building relationships and not hookups, so, because... Yeah, we have enough of the other, which we have plenty to choose from. Now, this is a different way. So. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. It's a different kind of group for all of you out there, which is amazing. Okay, we're going to take a really quick song break uh, before we come back and uh, talk a little bit about a young man's story uh, from, Spokane. from Spokane. Something that's going on we want to talk about. So. Um, so this song is going to be The Chain Gang of 1974, Sleepwalking. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. We're so glad you joined us. If you have just come into the first hour of our mm-hmm. show, we just recently spoke to Mark Chavez. As we said, he is the, the visionary behind GPIS, that's Gay People in Seattle, Engage Seattle, and Engage Now, which are some really good social groups that have been very successful over the last few years. Um, we want to talk about that. Uh, now... It's time for some local. It some is local time news. for some local um, news. But before that, maybe we should just give a little shout out. We should give a little shout out to Out- our supporters. We should. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit pridefoundation.org. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights, located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. For more information, you can call 509-747-1621. Always thankful for the the people that support our show. Um, and we are always uh, grateful and try to support uh, what's going on in Spokane. Recently, it has come to our attention that there was a story that happened. Uh, we have said many times that since the uh, Supreme Court ruling uh, in, in favor of marriage equality, that there would be some fallout, um, some surprising 
incidents have happened here in mm-hmm. Spokane. And we actually have a guest in the studio, Matthew Hughes. And we're going to talk to Matthew about a recent incident that happened at his employer in town, which would be a Target, um, and how he has been let go. And it does seem to be very much related to some SCOTUS backlash. So, Matthew, welcome to Outspoken. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Do you want to start us off with what happened? Uh, sure. So basically, Target changed some return policies, and overnight we started getting a different crowd of people in the store. Mm-hmm. And I was a front-end supervisor of sorts, so a lot of people would see me when they come in the store. A lot of people with problems about, I don't know, returns or whatever, would approach me. And if they were upset, they would take it out on me. And especially within the last couple months that I worked there, they would call me derogatory names based on my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And uh, after one incident, I took it to the head of safety. Um, there's only one guy in the store that does that. And he told me and another coworker that basically because of the new ruling on Supreme uh, on gay marriage by the Supreme Court that mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to face a lot more of that. And I didn't think that was right. Um, I kind of sat on it for a couple weeks before I took it up with HR, but I did eventually take it up with HR um, for our store, and then I was let go the next day. Sure. And they had some, so so the timeline, especially in what you've been talking about, and the reaction from the head of safety in Target seemed to be very much in line with, hey, they are not supporting me as a gay man uh, in this community. And then the firing having so close to in that timeline is where, we have to say journalistically, is where the timeline is showing that it supports that it, it's about your sexuality. Yeah. Um, obviously, I you've spoken to them and they are saying it had nothing to do with it. What was their reasoning for letting you go? Their reasoning was for an incident about two weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Um, they said I followed a shoplifter out of the store, um, which... To be honest, I had been written up for this before, but when they wrote me up for this, they said as long as I didn't leave the front sidewalk of the store, it wouldn't be a violation of the safety policy. And this specific incident, another coworker of mine had also followed the shoplifter, the same shoplifter. Like we went out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I talked to the spokesman review, I sat down and I interviewed with one of their reporters and I explained that this coworker was treated differently than me. Mm-hmm. She wasn't written up. She wasn't coached. She wasn't pulled aside at all. Um, it wasn't until I approached the spokesman review and they followed up with the store that she was written up. And while she was being written up, they were asking her if I was um, her friend outside of work, which is completely inappropriate to ask someone. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So, yeah, I just feel like I was treated unfairly. Right, right. Well, were there any witnesses or any of your coworkers that had noticed or had, you know, information about fi- you being fired un- unreasonably? Yes, there was um, one witness to the comments mm-hmm. made by the head of safety. Um, and then, of course, my coworker who was, wasn't written up until I followed up with the media. Um, but everyone in the store is afraid to talk because they've pretty much made it clear. They've given everyone warnings that was associated with me or that um, witnessed any incidents. They've given everyone warnings that if they assist me in any way that they're gone. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, 
you and speaking of witnesses and people like that, when you were your supervisor met with you and was giving your termination, did they have a witness in the room when that happened? No, when they fired me, it was just one guy, um, which is not really standard practice. You usually should have at mm-hmm. least HR with you or yeah. another yeah. witness. Um, and I explained when he told me that I had vi- violated the safety policy, I explained that. Um, they told me not to leave the front sidewalk of the store. So as far as I knew, I was staying within store policy. Mm-hmm. Right. And he said that he hadn't seen the footage. He didn't know the exact details. He was just passing on the message from above that I was being terminated. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, you are my supervisor. You should own it. You should right. know exactly why I'm being fired. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think part sure. of the, yeah. the, the part of boiling down this conversation also other than the being fired part is the full statement that was made when you went to do the initial complaint to even be have a response like, hey, since the Supreme Court's decision, you're just going to have to suck it up and deal with this. That alone is a bigger problem even than that. So I feel like they should have addressed at some level at least this this mm-hmm. incident. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So have you had a conversation like, what have been the methods you have? Did you call corporate, or what What have you been doing? You got a hold of our local HRC. Yes, um, I was fired that Saturday, and then that Monday I went into the Human Rights Commission office, and I filed with them. I laid out the timeline of events mm-hmm. um, about three months ago. Both the head of safety and the one that actually fired me accused me of stealing from Starbucks, so I feel like it's kind of been an inevitable they're just looking for a reason to get sure. rid of me. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, so I explained my whole story to a lady at the Human Rights Commission, and she said it was pretty cut and dry, black and white, that um, right. yep. yeah, wrongful termination and yeah. discrimination. Um, and so they are working on an affidavit for me to serve Target with, which they'll have 30 days to respond to. Sure. Now, have you filed a complaint to you know corporate offices of Target um and or any you know higher powers if I you will honestly don't think it would do any good to sure. address any further up the corporate ladder okay um i don't think target's gonna do you don't think they'll, they'll that they'll back up there I, I don't want them to potentially use information against me like if okay. i accuse them of anything i don't want them mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. try and cover their tracks like when i asked for my previous um write-ups or my personnel file or any documentation as to why I was being fired, they wouldn't give me anything. Which um, I think, and I know you're talking to different organizations. I'm sure they'll find that they can't really tell you. A lot of times, these corporations work off of hoping for ignorance. Yeah. Um, but as the employee, you have the right to those things. So um, sometimes it does take having a bigger group to go in and say. But that's the the concern. You know, must have been just a few years back mm-hmm. that Target, on a corporate level was um, in trouble with LGBT people and there was a boycott that was organized and within not very long at all, Target pulled their stuff together and did their apology and, and the boycott was called off and and here we are again with a huge organization with a problem and they can say it's local or whatever they want but if they don't deal with it, it's going to, I like the fact that you were told that you have to suck it up, no, here's the thing, People need to just suck it up and realize that this is reality for our nation right now, and you don't get the right to discriminate. And so I'm sad that 
they did not back you up in that fact. Have you heard of any retaliation within the people that still your coworkers, ex coworkers that work there? Um, not as far as I know, not yet. Right. Um, really, I haven't heard from a mm-hmm. lot of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was close friends with quite a few people in that store, and it's kind of gone quiet since then. Sure. Um, I know they are personally supportive about it, but they're afraid to do anything right. outside mm-hmm. of that. Right. Well, were there any other uh, workers at this Target location that were facing you know, discrimination, even if it's not based on uh, LGBT discrimination, however it was? Yeah, actually, I posted a couple mm-hmm. things on Facebook, and I've gotten comments from former co-workers and um a couple in particular felt discriminated against based on their age okay um i know one who currently works there who has an illness that she feels like she's being discriminated against because of that she has to miss some work and they knew about this when they hired her okay um so yeah i just feel like target's way is when they decide they don't like you for whatever reason they just find a way to squeeze you out of that store sure, and cover it up. Sure. Well, it sounds like they're demonstrating a pattern of discrimination, which is not okay towards, quite frankly, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now, what is your hope on the end game? What is what is it you're you're wanting to accomplish um, by I coming d- forward? I don't want this to happen to other people. That's basically right. all I want. Mm-hmm. No one should have to feel like that. Are you concerned at all by being public? Um, do you have any concerns that regard you going to the media um, with your story? A little bit, just because I'm kind of well. I'm a singer songwriter. I'm gonna. I wish I was doing this about my album right now. <laughs> but, sure, <you> know? sure. <laughs> uh, and I don't want it to really be tied to that, but um, not. Re- I don't really have concerns otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And on a side note, you mentioned singer songwriter. I've already heard rumors about how well, <laughs> how great you are well, as a singer. So you know, I and I, point, I point guess we'll up. just have to have you back on to talk about the album. I know. We'll give there you a you positive yeah. uh, <laughs> positive as well. Um, I know, like you said, I know you've reached out. Uh, we definitely want to keep in touch with you and see what happens when the affidavit is served. And I know that you're uh, in contact with Lambda Legal. So we want to, we'll, we'll keep close tabs to see what's going on with the story. But um, definitely these are the things you can't just let lie yeah. because they just grow upon themselves. If we don't speak up now, who's going to speak up later? And so um, we're we're very happy to see that, that you are doing that. Yeah. And I know uh, Target has been reached out for comment Yes. prior from Spokesman Review. Of course, we will reach out to them as well. But they have proven to not want to comment on this issue, which mm-hmm. just tells mm-hmm. me that doesn't look good for them. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Any last words you want to share with us? Um, not really. That's my story. Perfect. <laughs> well, so now what we have to do is, other than he's going to take Target down, yeah. we're going to watch for <laughs> Matthew Hughes' uh, new album and everything. There we'll you go. In. And there then you can go. do a live set in studio. I'll so that would yeah. be amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate that. Thank you. If you have just joined us, this is Outspoken, and we just spoke to Matthew Hughes, a local Spokane man who went through some discrimination at a Target here in North Spokane. And uh, we're going to be following him as he lodges the complaint with our local Human Rights Commission Mm -hmm. and then uh, move forward with that story. It's important to remember what's going on in our backyard. Absolutely. And I think the story just goes to show that um, you know, it's not over. And no. just just because of the Supreme Court ruling, we are going to see a lot of backlash. And we mm-hmm. already have, and it's going to keep coming. Yeah. And but you know, for a while, down. we have to... Exactly. Don't back down. We're going to have to fight a little bit. Now, um, you know, we 
kind of have been talking about personally um a movie coming out soon and there's been yeah. a lot of discussion about whether to see it or not and of course this movie is stonewall mm-hmm. uh coming out september Who isn't 25th. talking about stonewall stonewall so obviously it's a movie about the stonewall not, uh riots 1969 new york um mm-hmm. you know really big movement for the lgbt community really yeah. really big moment um it was a very galvanizing exactly time yeah for, for LGBT it, and people. it's and it's a big turn yeah exactly turning mm-hmm. point everything like that but so people have um gone out to say that we should boycott it because it does not represent uh, you know, people of color and trans people in the movie like yeah. it should be. It's not right. historically accurate. Right. Um, so well, I want to get, I wanna get your thoughts out, on that. I yeah. want to point out that those opinions are based on one preview. They are. The so first I don't trailer. think we can call it. But I get mm-hmm. it. The preview is very white. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Right. It is. It's a bunch of white gay kids. No, there are there, there are yes. people of color yeah. in but the trailer. But I get that. Trailer. But this mm-hmm. is my thing. Sure. You haven't seen the movie. So the boycott seems preemptive right. without actually knowing but, and you actually wrote your latest article based on did, what's yes. going on. Yeah. Because, well, tell us what you had said. Well, okay. I, th- I think that uh, a complete boycott of this movie is, is ridiculous because it's such, it's, it is a monumental film that is teaching us uh, you know, about our history, especially younger people of my age, you know, the millennial generation, where we don't know, we haven't you know, heard about this. Mm-hmm. We don't get taught this in school right um you know half the time our parents just kick us out and we have to find it out on our own yeah. we don't we don't know our history and this is important for us to know our history and you know the comments about trans and people of color not being in the film is less of a you know stonewall problem it's a hollywood problem yes hollywood whitewashing thank you is everywhere not just in stonewall and i understand that you know historical accuracy is a big thing, and we're not trying to lessen no, we are that not. the trans community was a gigantic part of Stonewall and the movement that happened. But right. I agree with you. I will say Roland Emmerich, who is the director and the one of the leading actors, has come out and said, mm-hmm. "We think you should see the movie because there is representation." of people of color and the trans community. So please wait until you see the movie before you say you're going to boycott it. But you make an amazing yeah. point, which is Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Hollywood cares about one thing, and that's the bottom line. So do you block all history because Hollywood's going to get it wrong? Or do we take that and build upon it in our society and say, okay, this came out. Now we can actually have a discussion about, exactly. listen, this exactly. is what really yeah. happened. Because first of all, it's a Hollywood movie, and I don't care what it's about. Even if it's like, you know, about George Bush, you know, W came out. It's not going to be completely accurate ever. Ever. But it can start a conversation, which isn't that what exactly. our purpose is, exactly. is to start the conversation. For us to boycott it, then you stop that conversation mm-hmm. before it even mm-hmm. has a chance to begin. Right. Let's remember right. about one of the the biggest films and Oscar-winning films, Brokeback Mountain, oh, how many yeah. years ago? It was two white cowboys. If we had stopped it because there wasn't enough representation mm-hmm. of all these different groups, then that conversation, which was huge for us culturally, would have never happened at all. Exactly. And that's, exactly. And it was written by a lesbian. So let's say, yeah, you're right, there were no lesbians in it. But you know what I mean? It's like we can't have such a narrow scope on an issue that we cannot allow mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have conversations and realize that if I believe loved work the way Hollywood says it worked, then I would be and more messed is. up than there I am. There it is. Here's the thing. You can tell me about, you know, it's about representing the LGBT community accurately. And I agree it should be about that, but it isn't because, you know, 
you should not get all of your history from a movie. It's like you said, starting the conversation. It's yes. let's see what this is about and then go learn about it. Go, okay, well, I want to know more. You shouldn't watch a movie and be like, well, now I am educated on 100% of the thing. That it's the same conversation you and I have about, about voting, voting yep. based on an ad on TV it's instead the same of thing. voting saying, I like that ad. Yeah. I'm going to go do my homework like a responsible human being. Mm-hmm. If you are looking for baby food and just to be fed what you want, then it's your own fault for believing that that's the only truth that's out there. Yeah. That's your fault. Shame on you. Yeah. there And there it is. So now we're sh- we're shaming the people who are boycotting <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stonewall. Shame hey. on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Can we be a little more open-minded and realize that, first of all, if you're going to take something down, know what you're taking down. Yeah, you're fighting your own community. Guaranteed. Most of the people who have been putting that on my Facebook page have not seen the movie. They saw a preview. A preview. And the truth is, if you're going to be boycotting Stonewall, an LGBT movie, why aren't you boycotting every other whitewashed movie out there? Why did you go see The Avengers? Why did you go see, you know, whatever? Lord of the Rings has no person of color in the entire cast it's the most whitewashed cast throw that disc away if you're going to boycott stonewall yes because don't don't tell me community we are amazing at cannibalizing ourselves we are and we love to separate ourselves constantly i bring up the macklemore grammy Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. performance all the time because the ugliness from our own community about a very beautiful moment for our community but we're going to take it away because he was a straight guy exactly it's like you're, you know, you can't win for losing and you're shooting yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Why are we not celebrating the little moments that get us there? There had to be, let me tell you, hundreds of thousands of little moments for us to ever make it to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Because that didn't yeah. happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot of work. So you take the little moments and you build upon them and you build upon them and you build upon them. Exactly. It is It is step by step. We can't just ask for it all at once. We should ask for it all at once, but you know we're not going to get it. I mean, I. it's going to be amazing when we do see a movie that has an amazing uh, cast of color that's going to have trans people represented, that's going to have, you know, yes. amazing women roles. But... And- until and that day comes, we have to celebrate what we have. Yeah. Being part of the media, from the moment yeah. we even announced that we would have a show two years yep. ago, before mm-hmm. we even hit the air, we were bombarded by letters of people yelling about why aren't people of color represented? Why aren't, why isn't there a lesbian in there? Why isn't this, this, and this? And what I had to say to them was, this is just an organic piece. Everybody is welcome on the show. This started not from a focus group. This started from me and a friend sitting at coffee. It wasn't about wanting to exclude people. It was wanting to start a conversation. Mm -hmm. But before they even knew what the show was, they wanted to destroy it because, but you know what? There's not enough room in the studio, and you can look in it right now. We are packed. There's not enough room in the studio for us to have every single person you think that needs to be here in studio. But what Mm -hmm. we can do is we can have guests and we can talk about life and we can bring people that we're interviewing in to represent those things that we are not. I will never be a lesbian. I will never understand full strength on my own to the trans community, but I want to know because I support with all of my heart. Right, right, right. But I can only be a 40-year-old gay white guy and I'm not going to apologize for it. Well, yeah, and we we spent too much time thinking about who we represent versus what we represent. And yes. that's that's a big thing. And I love that Ooh. you're never going to be a lesbian. I, I, Thank you. I, I know. Guess. I, I, I can job. try, but I don't think I will ever um, be there. Right. But the thing is, we are here to represent as much right. as we can and talk about the stories 
from every point yeah. of view. Yeah. You know what? I mean, it's just all we can do. We need to stop first, check ourselves, stop the quick judgment that we have mm-hmm. in this community, mm-hmm. and maybe support each other a little more. And I agree. I am right there with you. Um, so on that amazingly <laughs> exciting note, <laughs> that was like a little bullhorn <laughs> section there. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, we're going to play another song. And I've been obsessed with this song, so of course I'm going to bring it to the airwaves. Um, it's Lana Del Rey singing uh, Young and Beautiful. Just like us. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. If you just tuned in, uh, we were just talking to Matthew about uh, his um, termination with Target. So that was an interesting conversation. We will keep you tuned on that story. And now we have a special guest in our studio. I know. We have more than a few special guests. It's getting awkward in here. There's like 80 people. But we want to say recently there was an article that I uh, wrote that was about labels in the community. And actually we just had an interesting conversation just before this segment came out about how uh, as a community we are really good at um, kind of compartmentalizing each other and making our differences. And then in a way it kind of encourages cannibalizing our own people. Um, so we've, I'm fascinated by tearing these things apart. I have said 5,000 times, and if you haven't heard, I'm a bear, and I take great pride in that. Um, and so we thought, you know what, we want to bring in panels every now and then and the f- to talk about groups and to talk about labels and what it's like to experience them in our own lives, the strengths they bring and some of the challenges they have as well. So the first group of people are always the happiest people in the world. I just want to say that, and that is the bear. So we have an amazing panel of four bears gay men. We're going to talk about what bears mean in the studio. And I want to start with each of you just saying your name into the microphone. That'd be great. Uh, my name is Chase Lawrence. I'm Chris Lawrence. I'm Al Lozano. I'm Steve Scott. Well, welcome, gentlemen. As we said earlier, we use that term very loosely. So <laughs> welcome, gentlemen, to the studio. Um, first, someone define for our listeners what it means to be a bear. Would you go ahead and take that? Well, I guess this is my question. <laughs> oh, I think bear has a lot of different connotations uh, depending on where you're at. But I think, in general, the community thinks that it means you have to be old, overweight, hairy, um, all of those things. I take offense to the old part of that statement. Well, you know, some of us are getting there. <laughs> but I think, I think really the bear community is better defined by a group of individuals who don't necessarily meet the gay stereotype, gay male stereotype of living at the gym, have, you know, we've got the natural dad bods, <laughs> which yay, they're in right now. Um, but it also is more of a mindset. I think that the bears are looking more at the individual inside rather than the outside of the body as well. So when I think when you talk about the bear community, you're looking at people who understand and look for the inner beauty, I think a little bit more, not exclusively, but more than I think just the outward appearance. Sure. Now, okay, what makes our community, the gay community, separate into, you know, these tribes as they're called, the bears, you know, we have twinks, jocks, all that, you know, crap, so to speak. Um, what do you think separates us into these tribes? 
I think it's just a social thing that happens, you know, when I think that's where that's just life. I mean, in, in school, we're separated into cliques and groups. And I think that's just how society in, ge in general functions. Um, people strive to be individuals, but it's almost impossible because you have to classify yourself as something. I think that's just what society ex ex expects of everybody. And within the bear community, I don't think I know of any other LGBT group or subculture that uh, is so inclusive. We are so inclusive in terms of accepting everybody, whether body type, age, um, handicap, you know, ability, disability. I just don't know of any other group that welcomes uh, everybody as, as much as a bear group does. Well, I have to say, and and with I want to get everybody's experience that moment in life where you realize there's this group and I belong to it, you know, because for all of us, there is that that moment. I talked about in my article about when I first came out, I didn't know where I belonged. I was a very large uh, young man. I was 325 at that time. And I knew I was gay, but that's the only thing they told me in the handbook. And I didn't have a place I belonged. And then I found out there was a group for me and it was the chub chaser group and then I lost a bunch of weight and then no longer was I really in that group and then the bears found me and I was embraced in the bear bear community and honey and right, yeah it, it was amazing <laughs> um, but I want to talk about that's an interesting moment I think in all of our lives as gay people when we find that because already all of in the closet we haven't found that we we belong anywhere and that's part of that longing what was the moment for each of you where you found belonging in a group? I think for me, it started when uh, we met Stephen. Um, you know, growing up, I mean, I knew I was gay probably when I was 12 years old. And um, I grew up in Central California, so we were, you know, I, I, I knew what gay people looked like. And in my mind, that's what I thought you had to look like to be accepted in the gay community. You had to be incredibly good looking. You had to have... Uh, great physique, excellent fashion sense, belong to one of the best gyms ever and be at the bar at least five times a week. Um, and I, as I got older, it became really hard because I thought I can't mold myself to fit that. This is so stressful and so strenuating. And finally, I just said, you know what, to hell with it. You know, I'm not, I'm just going to ditch the label. People ask me, who are you? I'm Chase. If you want to know what that is, get to know me. And then we met Steven and we met the Bears group when we realized that you don't have to fit that cliche, that stereotype, that mold. You can be whoever you want to be, and there's a culture, a subculture within the gay culture itself that will accept you for who you are. Right. Anyone else want to share their story there? For me, it was obviously, like my husband said, when we met the Bears, that's where it was for me, where it was, okay, here's where I belong. But I was also one of those people where growing up, I was skinny, thin, I did the drag shows at Dempsey's, you know, all that stuff. And, but I was one of those people where I didn't care. If you want to classify me into a group, well, that's your problem. Because I don't care what group I'm in. I love everybody regardless. Mm -hmm. And, but it was when we were introduced to Steve and Al. That's where I actually kind of felt I can actually be more myself be more comfortable with myself and not have to worry. Right. So that's where it was more so for me. And lots being uh, said to Stephen Al over here to <laughs> be our inspirations. Um, so Al, talk to us about your experience and why it was important that there be a group uh, like the Bears. Because you guys are very organized. 
you know, and you make sure that that group is available. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I think it must have been about five years ago where um, I think Stephen and I and a couple other people were out on a hike. It's one of the things that we like to do, and we still do the weekly hikes. Uh, and we just got to talking. It's like, well, we all came to the realization about the same time that there wasn't an organized social group in Spokane or the Inland Northwest where we could come together, be outside of the bar scene, uh, but still enjoy each other's company. And it's really turned into, in the last five years, uh, we do monthly monthly dinners out. We try to go to someplace different uh, every place in, in the Inland Northwest. Um, but it became a real support group also, not only a social group, but a support group because sometimes, you know, I'm a little bit older. I'm 53 years old. So uh, this group, uh, you know, kind of welcomed me, you know, no matter what my age. And we have members all the way down from the early 20s all the way up into their, you know, early to mid 70s. And they're not discriminated against. But we felt that there wasn't a support group that would encompass all of us, whether it was age or whether it was, uh, you know, uh, body type, body image, or something like that. So we formed this group uh, just about five years ago, and really, it, you know, started out slow, like mo most groups do. But over time, it grew, and the word spread. And we're primarily on Facebook. So if you go to Inland Northwest Bears on Facebook, you'll be able to you'll be able to find us and stuff. It is a closed group, so you have to be uh, um, okay to be part of the member approved to be part of the membership. Um, and yeah, and we just do social things. I know we do hikes, we do dinners. Sometimes we'll do uh, bowling on occasion. Uh, at the end of the month, we're going on a camping trip over North Idaho. So it's just a social support group, and there wasn't that available at the time. So that's pretty much where it started. Right. So. And Stephen, I know that you don't you don't hail originally from Spokane either, and not a lot of people do, of course. No, I'm I'm the oddball in the group. So where did you? connect when you came to town what made you find the group and connect with them well let me let me first tell everyone i'm actually from the san francisco bay area sacramento specifically is where i moved to spokane from about seven years ago and when i first moved here the first thing i did was look for a community what i found were a couple of bars and basically out spokane and the lgbt center kind of um in passing i found them eventually but I noticed there are no social groups. There's no, I'm from an area in Sacramento, there's 200 different groups you can be part of, bowling, softball, skiing, political groups, whatever. I mean, you, I came out through the Sacramento Gay Men's Chorus, so that was my introduction to the gay community with socialization and groups, and I didn't find it here. So I did this, what everyone did is went online and started trying to meet people through websites, which I no longer have profiles on, I'm proud to say, um, <laughs> even though I'm still single. Um, <laughs> I no longer go to those websites, but, you know, trying to just meet other people. And I met one person and we got together and we grouped together with a couple of other people and started a group that was ultimately called Destinations. And um, that went on for a few years. And um, then I hooked up with Al and Richard and a few others and we decided, hey, my background, I was a member, I was a membership director of the Sacramento Valley Bears for several years. So I decided, hey, this is more where my niche is in being that, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the bear community probably and bear organizations a little bit more than the other folks in the area. So that's kind of how it, we brought it together and decided that, you know, we needed, Spokane needs some social groups. There's more than just going out to bars and a lot of people, whether it be substance abuse issues, 
um, or just morality issues don't enjoy going to bars. I'm kind of one of them, ironically, um, if you know the rest of my history, but I'm not, because never comfortable in bars. And to this day, you very rarely find me in a bar unless I'm there with a group of bears. Sure. Now, you know, Spokane, we often find doesn't have those social groups like you just talked about. Okay. We, I mean, earlier in the hour, we talked about uh, a couple of those groups in Seattle and how we bring them over here. Um, did you find it hard, you know, to find people, you know, to be part of the bear group, the people who didn't want to go in bars or even finding how to reach out to them since, you know, you can't really find them a lot of the other places. Was that ever a difficult process to get all the bears together, really? I mean, um, initially, yes, because they're, um, I think we kind of touched about this earlier. If you don't know somebody already to welcome you into the group, and I was listening to your first hour from the from the guest from Seattle. If you don't already know somebody in the group, you may tend to shy away and may not feel comfortable and is welcome. But if you already know somebody built into the group and they can introduce you to other friends and other people and start a network, uh, it's so much easier to be integrated that way. Easier. So yeah, initially it was a little difficult to start. I think we have a core group, a core group that's pretty solid that participates quite a bit. Uh, we do have a little bit over 200 members right now unfortunately not all of them are local some of them are you know a little further away um but yeah we just try to try to do things outside of the of the bear scene i mean the bar scene uh like steven was 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 talking about because i think a lot of people don't feel comfortable in a bar um, i think there was a time back in the 80s where the bar especially in spokane when i first came out uh and moved to spokane the bar scene was what everybody did because it was pre pre uh, internet and and all that, um, but now I think times have changed. People don't feel that comfortable in a bar and would rather socialize and get to know people outside of the bar scene. Yeah. So that's really where we started. Yeah, you had to have a, there weren't any options really prior. I mean, you have to go with what your options. What's great about groups that start up is that it offers more choices, more options for, for a lot of us. I want to ask uh, each of your opinions on labels. Obviously, a lot of strength and pride um, in being a bear. I mean, I talk about it all the time when I'm on the air, and I do find a lot of joy there, but I also make sure that it doesn't define all of me. Do you find um, there's a line there? Do you find that sometimes it's easier to hide within our tribes? Um, do you find the challenge and the pride? Talk to me about that kind of juxtaposition, and anyone can take the mic on that. Like Chase will start because I think he has a strong opinion on on labels. You know, I I don't like labels. I think labels add to people's preconceived notions of one another. I think it paints a very inaccurate picture because people are so hype on stereotypes and cliches that if you say, "Oh, I'm a member of the gay community. I'm a bear," they automatically assume, "Okay, you must be middle aged. You must be at least 250, 300 pounds. You're probably covered in hair." You know, it's just and it's and it's stupid. It's stupid. I personally don't don't like labels. Um, I think it's important that we focus so much on the person rather than the label itself. Um, that's really just my opinion in a nutshell. You want to add anything, Chris? Um, so for me, I I'm right there with my husband. I hate labels. Labels are for clothing. That's why they're there. <laughs> clothing. Judge clothes all you want. Don't judge me, because first of all, I'm a fabulous person. I'm a very caring, loving, energetic person, and I've dealt with labels my whole life. Mm -hmm. I've been. Uh, my name is Chris. Right. I'm not. Oh, there's a Jew boy. 
Mm-hmm. No, I'm Chris. Right. Or, oh, there's the gay boy. No, I'm Chris. Right. Labels are ridiculous. Labels are put on jars of food, right. boxes of food, right. clothing. That's where it needs to stay. Not, not people. Right. But, I mean, there is a good strength in being part of the bear group, though. I mean, there's something there, right? There is. Uh, to that aspect of the pride aspect of finding a group of people that you, you find strength in. Yes. I mean, I mean, there. I, I just want to point out, I mean, that's a good thing. It doesn't have to be all bad. I think labels have their purpose, uh, at least in my opinion, you know, only to give us a place to start from. But you're right. If we let it go beyond that, that's my opinion. If you let it go beyond that and it labels more than just your clothing, that's where the, the challenge starts. Yeah, I think I think from a social aspect, I think labels help to a person to identify themselves a part of themselves, not their whole entire being. So with the bear group, you know, for us, I know for me, we struggled. You know, how could we be considered part of the gay community when we don't fit that preconceived notion, that cliche, that stereotype? And then we found out about the bears and we're like, well, that's that's our group. That's our label. That's our community. Sure. And you just said it right there, community. I think that, you know, labels are great for finding a community and finding where you belong, because if you find other people who identify themselves close or similar to you, it's obviously easier to, you know, be in that in that group. Now, do you find that there is a lot of like we mentioned earlier, cannibalism within the gay community where it is, you know, we separate out into these groups and then they kind of clash all the time. Um, and you know, there's, there's always, you know, the younger crowd, you know, the, the bear crowd, there are other people cry. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a lot of different people all the time, not getting along, you know, do you feel that's the true or not? I don't think it's so much that, that we don't get along. I think in, in the inland Northwest, there isn't something that can bring us all together. There is no umbrella organization that brings all together, no matter where you fit in the LGBT community. And that is unfortunate because we do have a lot of people in in the Inland Northwest with the same desires to succeed and want to bring people together. Unfortunately, it's never really happened that I've seen in the last 30 years that I've been here. Uh, but I think in in communicating with other, uh, other groups within the LGBT community here, uh, we do have the same desires. We do want to succeed. We do want to build a stronger community. So... Um, Hopefully it'll happen. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful that it will happen sometime. And Stephen, you look like you have an opinion there. I was I noticing do. you're uh, you're not well, expressive I, at all, but I thought yeah, maybe I was, I was, give me permission, <laughs> right? Um, well, I think I think I got news for Al. It's not the Inland Northwest. It's everywhere. San Francisco Bay Area has the same issues as far as community goes. Um, I think uh, Chase said it earlier about clicks and things that happens in the gay community. Um, I think one of the issues that we have, at least in the gay male community especially, is that we're only friends with people that we're attracted to. Because if, you know, we all know that the best relationships form out of friendships. So why would you want to be with friends with someone that you're not sexually attracted to? Thus, why you go online and you see people saying, I'm here to find friends. You have to be between these ages, this body type, this weight, this type, have these interests. You know, those are the, re- the reasons why we put criteria on friends. But I think as far as the labels and cannibalization goes, I think labels, as far as we have, bring us power as well. You know, we are the LGBT community. We wouldn't have marriage equality today unless we identified as a community. Now, within that community, even within the gay community, the gay male community, you've got the bears, you've got the twinks, you've got the jocks, you've got the subsets. 
within the bear community. You've got the otters, you've got the muscle bears, you've got, so we tend to, I think it's human nature, right or wrong, it's human nature that we identify and categorize people that way. And I think, yes, it does get to be counterproductive. Um, you know, I look at the trans community and the fact that in the last couple of years, to my knowledge, all of a sudden it's trans asterisk because now it's different. There's different levels of trans. And I, you know, not being a member of that community, I've had those conversations with a number of my friends and I understand it intellectually. I don't understand it from a political standpoint saying you're choosing to sub subdivide yourself even further to the point where the, the more factions you have, the less power you have because the fewer people are in each of those factions. It's only when we group together. Now, back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was a member of Queer Nation down in the Bay Area. When we were trying to, we were fighting for AIDS and trying to get you know our president to say the word AIDS on TV um, and get some notice, notoriety for it. But the idea of saying, we're gonna reclaim that word queer to encompass everybody within the LGBT greater community it didn't work because the negative connotation of the word queer means you're not normal. No matter how much you try to put a spin on it, that word queer is, oh, that's queer. That means not necessarily sexually queer. It just means, oh, that's, that's just not right. And so that's, I, that's why I believe that movement wasn't successful. But I think that those labels help us bring together. And I think the religious community does this very well. You know, two, 150 years ago, the term Christian really didn't exist. It was Methodists and Protestant and Baptist and Lutheran. They were different factions. It was only when they came together and said we're Christian that they really became the political powerhouse that they've become, for good or bad, whatever side of the fence you're on. But, and I think the gay community is the same way. I think the more we subdivide LGBTQIAA ad nauseum there, that it doesn't show inclusiveness. It shows that we're further and further dividing ourselves. So. Yes, I agree with you, Jonathan, that there's power in that greater term label, but once it gets to a point where it becomes ridiculous to, the, to that, I have to be recognized because I'm a unique individual. Exactly. You lose your power. And I, I think it's in the old cliche, divided we fall. Uh, you're right. The more we divide ourselves, the more the cannibalism within just the community itself, uh, that's how we are destroyed. And you got it right, the, the Christian right. Um, knows what they're doing, and there's a reason why they are, are tend to be the biggest uh, opponents that we have right now. I want to uh, just remind everybody, if you've just turned in, toined in, Twain. if you just toined in, uh, we are in the second hour of Outspoken on KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and we are doing a panel, our first panel on labels within the LGBT community. And the first panel, of course, are uh, other bears like me. Nice we're and hairy, good. not scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes we're hairy and scary. It all depends on the, on the day. Um, uh, Sergey, we have talked many a time um, on the differences between us. We come from two different generations. We, we had tried really hard before y'all got here to force him into a bear label, and it's just very difficult. Other than you have a goatee, but that's about it. We tried. <laughs> okay, well, I have I have hair on my face and on my toe, so it's good, okay? I'm basically... He would be considered I, a hobbit. I'm basically oh. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a hobbit. No, but, you, you know, I think I think it's interesting when people get out of those labels and become friends. Like, like you said, you and I, we are not um, 
you know, the typical gay friends because we're not in the same age group. We're not in the same generation. We're not in the same, you know, label, the groups, the tribes, whatever you want to call it. But yet we get along fabulously because, you know, it's not about that. And I really wish to see more of the LGBT community, you know, get get beyond that. And like, you know, one of you mentioned, it's it's a lot about you are friends with who you are attracted to. But, you know, in 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 a real community, it doesn't have to be that way. And so I'd, I'd love for us to get off of Grindr and Tinder and find friends through communities like this. So um, I think it's awesome that there's a bear group. And do you guys think that's the that's the essence of the bear community is the, you know, let's get off this and just just get along no matter who you are kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that the, the premise, again, behind the bear community is right that. Yeah. I mean, we, we look at the person on the inside. I mean, I have two of my best friends are in their 20s. Yeah. And I am pushing 50. Um, but I say pushing because it's still a, still a little bit off. But, you know, most of my friends here in Spokane I are not my age. They are younger. And I find that or they have different, you know, a lot of my friends have different realms of experiences. This is where they're from. I'm from, you know, the great big old mean old bad California and, you know, gay Mecca. So the realm of my experiences is very different than a lot of my friends. And it's fun for me watching and sharing my experiences with them. And, you know, I and also talking to folks who are much older than me uh, as far as what their experiences were. It's amazing how our generationally being gay has changed. Right. Absolutely. And I have to say, so, you know, we have said it a million times. It's a very confusing issue to me because I take pride in being a bear. And yet I'm like, I want to know everybody. Um, but y you all have said that very thing to be open. It's not easy in the LGBT community because we we have to have passports to some of the different worlds and we don't get them very easily. And then if you show up, you know, you're deported. So, you know, you kind of have to, <laughs> to figure that out. But one of the things I find is you know, I love the joy in the bear community. Do any of you like watch like the Bear City movie or Where the Bears Are? Um, they're going to be on uh, from both of those shows. They're going to be on our, our show in the next few months. I love that there's a place to take joy in just being. What I love about the bear community is I can take pride in how I am and my body and everything and feel attractive and not have to be as uh, Chase said earlier, which is, oh my gosh, you come out and you, the exhausting, you know, you go through the list of what you think you have to be when you first come out and I'm too, I need to take a nap. I'm too tired to do that. Mm. So to find the joy, do you find as much as you all are out there and great, but do you find joy in entertainment that is for bears and, you know, things that talk about us bears? Uh, absolutely, we do. And, and uh, yeah, the, the movies and the shows that you mentioned, uh, I think most of us have seen those and, and, and are proud of those because it seems like there is very, very little media out there or movies or whatever it happens to be that deal with bears, directly with bears. You know, we have uh, musician Tom Goss, who a couple years ago uh, made a video, music video, and wrote a song about bears and stuff like that. It's, it's quite funny and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think a lot of us, no matter what our body type image is, a lot of us have that um, that need to be part of a group, obviously, but also don't necessarily take ourselves seriously. Also, on the flip side, there are some serious sides to being a bear. Obviously, we're larger. Sometimes health issues creep in. You know, uh, several of my friends have high blood pressure. You know, they're trying to control that and stuff like that. So there's a downside. Also, what I also do want to mention is that it seems like younger, younger 
LGBT people that I've met and that I work with, um, millennials mostly, don't necessarily feel like they have to be part of a group or they don't need to socialize exactly with any kind of particular group. They want to feel welcome no matter where they go. You know, they want to be able to be themselves and feel comfortable holding hands with their partner. And and luckily, uh, in the country, marriage equality is, you know, sweeping the nation. So it's given them more freedom to do that. 30 years ago, I couldn't walk down the street with my partner, hand in hand, or whatever it happened to be. Now we have that freedom to do that. And it's become easier and stuff like that. Sure. Well, with with what you just mentioned, do you think, you know, as time moves on in 20, 30, 50 years, do you think we'll have such a divide or do you think it's mostly going to be, you know, bear pride because, you know, why not be proud that you're a bear? And, you know, we're just going to be one community that is open to each other versus, you know, dividing ourselves up like this. Well, hopefully we will become closer and there won't be such division between some of the communities. Um I, I see little steps taking place in that direction. Um, certainly, um, we hope sooner than 20 or 30 years. Hopefully, that's just around the corner. So, I think a lot of it has to do with generation gaps. You know, I about fell to the floor the other day when I was talking with a kid who was maybe 16 years old and talked about Stonewall and talked about all this stuff. He's like, what's Stonewall? I'm thinking, oh, you poor child. You know, I think we as an older generation have a moral and ethical responsibility to educate the younger generation about you have the ability to be who you are today because there were several people who paved the path that you're working on today before you. You know, there are people who died so that way you could be who you are today. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a division in the LGBT community socially is because there's this big gap between our generation and the, you know, what's considered the typical gay generation. Um, the lack of education, a lack of understanding about just, you know, yes, you know, I know you're happy about marriage equality, but there is, this has been a fight for decades. There are people who have laid down their lives, people who have gone to jail for this. And I don't think they have an understanding of that. And I think that's, part of the division that we experience in the LGBT community. Preach it. That's all I have to say to that. Preach it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I agree completely. And we deal with that a lot on talking about educating yourself, knowing your history, and you know, being a responsible citizen of all communities, but especially our LGBT community. Mm -hmm. I do want to ask really quick about, um, so we, we talked about the controversy last year at the Grammys with um, Macklemore doing a song and how it seemed like the gay community came out with claws drawn and let's take him down this beautiful moment really for us in our community and instead let's talk about Macklemore's a straight guy and he's just using this for money and that's the cannibalism I see we're watching it now with the controversy that's going over with the new movie Stonewall that all and we're basing it off of a preview that we've seen and we haven't even seen the movie and we just had that discussion on here what do you think about cannibalism happening within the, within our community can you explain what you mean by when you say cannibalism? Um, it's we are going after our own. Okay. We are going to tear someone apart. We're going to tear an ally apart like uh, Macklemore because we would rather, instead of think of what an amazing thing it was to have that uh, a lot of 
queer people married on the Grammys. Instead, we're going to say it's about him making money off of us and he doesn't care. Well, I don't think we can make a moral judgment on someone we don't know. And didn't we get a lot of good stuff out of that? Or the new movie, we're going to tear apart someone doing a Hollywood film, which is a Hollywood film, on Stonewall. But instead, we're going to tear it apart before it even opens. Um, to take, I think we end up taking things away from our community just so we're right. You know what I mean? So there's a cannibalism that... That happens in humanity anyways, but within the gay community, it happens a lot. You, Stephen, you talked about it when you talked about Divided We Fall, about uh, exactly. you know the community you know, specializing in breaking down and needing to be very specific, um, and yet we're hurting ourselves in that process. So that's kind of the, okay. what I'm going with. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say, as far as the movie goes, I finally broke down and watched the trailer um, just because I, I figured I needed to. And... You know, the first thing it says is this is a story inspired by Stonewall. It doesn't say this is the story of Stonewall. Mm -hmm. And I think where our community is struggling right now is we're still looking for those historically accurate representations of our history. This is a Hollywood, like you said, it's a Hollywood production. It is set a story inspired by, and the director says, this was a story about this young man who was kicked out of his house while, and it took place in the realm of Stonewall. Mm -hmm. You know, the movie Pearl Harbor isn't 100% historically accurate. The movie Titanic isn't. None of these are all just stories inspired. It's Hollywood. It's what it is. If you want to watch a historically accurate story of this, it's called a documentary, and they are out there. And if you want Hollywood to produce a movie... It's not going to be accurate. So that being said, you know, I, it's great that our history, a representation of our history, is being portrayed. It's going to get the word out there. It's going to start the discussion. You know, more than anything, it'll start the discussion. How do we bridge the gap that Chase was talking about? Well, movies like this where people who do have that knowledge, who do it on our local drag community here in the court system, there are people there that truly know the whole story of Stonewall, much better than myself, who ha regularly speak on this subject. You know, and I think if you get Nova in and you really want to have a discussion about Stonewall, Nova's a huge historical, you know, encyclopedia of what happened. And I think that, you know, when you look at our community, we need to sort of get over ourselves. We're not, you know, yes, we're fabulous, but yes. that means that we can have fun with who we are, and it doesn't have to be 100%. This is exactly what happened in the line. It happened, you know, the movie and the band played on. Great AIDS movie, because I was living in the Bay Area during that time. And I can tell you, I knew a lot of those people back then, and it wasn't historically accurate. The movie Milk isn't 100% historically. It's Hollywood is going to have their play with it. So Exactly. And as Sergey said in, earlier in the hour, Hollywood is whitewashed, and they always have been. So do we just, you know, we've got to keep inching them up. But you're right. You nailed it. It's called a documentary. And, you know, and, it, and it's out there, at least in our opinion. Yeah, we're going to have you on the show more often because that's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what we say. That's exactly what we said. Yeah, um, so we are about to uh, wrap up this segment, I guess, this panel. So any last words to the, the gay community, the bear community? Any last words to our listeners at all? And then I have a request after. Uh, just briefly getting back to what, what Jonathan said about cannibalism within our, own, within our own and not supporting our allies. I think with Macklemore and, and other artists, they're obviously there to sell 
sell records, music and stuff. Um, so hopefully we embrace that. I mean, everyone's got to got to feel comfortable with what what they uh, what they support. I think Macklemore was genuine in that uh, his uncle, I believe, is is gay and uh, was in a long term relationship. So he wrote that based on his uncle's experience and maybe possibly a tribute to his uncle. So I think he was genuine, and I and I do support Macklemore and what he's trying to do. Obviously, Ryan Lewis. It was from Spokane, so we yeah. have to have to embrace we have to embrace them. And I think that's very true. I have to say that um, I appreciate, and I think why I appreciate the Bears that I've always experienced is it's an embrace of people, and that's what I want to see more of, and less of our infighting, less of our I'm going to take you down because I feel better in that way. I do say, do you guys ever? I feel like the Bears need to like pick a block somewhere and just have a block party. And just invite the world. So just throw in that your direction. <laughs> Sergey and I are happy to be there with a the microphone. So, But you guys are fabulous. Um, and uh, we didn't hear anything. Chris and Chase, I want to say I remembered right. No? Yes? Maybe? Yes. I'm, I'm awesome. I'm horrible with names. It's notorious. Um, any last words you want to share with us? I think, you know, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. We are all human beings. We all occupy the same space on this planet. We drive the same cars. We live in the same neighborhoods. We work in the same jobs. I think we all just need to put aside our differences and just start accepting one another. You know, I mean, I understand that your religious beliefs, um, you know, marriage equality infringes upon your religious beliefs, but you know what? Gay people got married, the sun rose the next day, and life went on. I just think we need to just put aside our differences and start focusing on what really matters in life. Life is too short to be angry and bitter about things that people do that offend you. I mean, think about the colossal amount of time you're wasting with your own life by being upset because two people 600 miles away got married. Exactly. Exactly. I don't mean to be rude, but just get over it. I feel like I've been to church. (laughs) That's my church for this morning. Chris, anything you want to say? Uh, You know, it... It's so hard because I'm 34. I'll be 35 in October. And it... Beauty, muscles, all of that stuff, that's only going to last so long. Only so long. The older you get, the more physical things start changing. That's the same way with labels. They change. They evolve into different things every single year, every single month. So stop putting yourself in those. Just enjoy what you have. Enjoy the people that are around embrace them love them be there for them because the older you get that's only what you're gonna want just remember that love it well i have to say um this (laughs) from the minute the first day i got to town uh the bears were really great and and invited me to karaoke from the minute i was here uh it's a great group remind us one more time al where they can find out more information if you're looking for a group you didn't know the bears were in town and you want to know more we definitely want to encourage people to find their tribe celebrate it and then reach out to other people so al where can they do that yeah you can you can do a search on on facebook or inland northwest bears and it is a closed group so you have to be invited to be a part of the member membership um but yeah, we're easy to find. You could you could search us on Google or whatever you happen to be, and you will find us and stuff. So, all right. Well, thanks for coming in and taking time out of your Sunday to to talk with us. We really really appreciate all of you coming in today. Thank you. Um, now we are going to take a song break. It is going to be of Montreal. The song is titled "Wrathpin to the Mist and Other Games."
You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this is Outspoken. Outspoken. Uh, it's been a fun couple of hours that you've spent with us. This, this has really been a show all about breaking down barriers socially and being yes. able to connect. Everything yes. we've talked about today has been that aspect. I know. I like it. I love that it kind of had this theme we never really planned, but turned out that way. First of all, I want to totally say are. those were some fun, fun bears. They are awesome. I love them. They were yeah. passionate. I did feel like I went to church. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Chase needs to start his own church so because I ha- he's got it. He's I on have it. a theory. Yeah. You're a bear. You're passionate. They were bears. They're, They're passionate. passionate. It's a bear thing. Bears are just so passionate. They, we are. They just I mean, love, their, face it. love their passion. And I love that Steven was like... Just everything we had just went over every single thing about yeah. Stonewall. He was like, "So yeah, so we like people who agree with us." So, <laughs> <laughs> so we invite him back on our channel, right? Line, so course. Steve will be back. Um, I mean, we like to represent all people, but a lot of our people, a lot yes, of us. Yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely. I like that the millennials were brought up. Um, I noticed you know, that you are a millennial. Yes, yes, that is my generation. That is um, actually the largest generation uh, now because. There are, you know, two billion people. Two billion people. More millennials are than millennials. the baby boomers. More and millennials than baby boomers. And that's, the that's largest. huge. And so I, I think that's an interesting point he brought up that, you know, now it's less about the where do I fit in and more about can I fit in everywhere? Because that's right. exactly how I this feel. This is what I say. I don't want a label. You are definitely that millennial. Yeah. I will yeah. say I still think there isn't 100% millennials that no. are like that. There are still. This is true. That definitely want to stay in whatever you know, twinkdom or whatever. We actually just got a note from a listener who said, I don't really feel like I belong in any label. I feel like is is activist a label? Right. And I say, sure, let's do right. it. Here's the thing, though. I mm-hmm. would rather not. I would rather not. I would rather just really enjoy a bunch of fun people. It's the judgment that is why mm-hmm. labels and tribes are so safe is because the judgment gets overpowering in any community, be it gay or straight. Um, just because we come from the gay community, we notice it there more. Yeah. So you go to a tribe because you need a place that makes you feel empowered, that makes you feel sexy and important. And not and, threatened, And not to be threatened. Yeah. So you go there, but the thing is, how do you then find that amazing foundation and then jump beyond it and not let it be the only place? That's really what mm-hmm. it's about. And so over the next few months, we are going to bring in different groups and talk about it because, yeah. as we've always said, it's just the only way. It is, it is the only way, yeah. So and it gets us our, th- we're going to give you your passport to the different worlds. Yeah. We will do that exactly. for you. Exactly. We'll bring in the twinks. We'll bring in jocks. We'll bring in right. some queens in here. We'll bring some queens in. We're going to bring mm. some heterosexual individuals yeah. yes, in here to put on we'll the put mics. The straight We're going to do people. it all. Yeah, do maybe all. we'll have some straight guests back on to talk about, you know, straight communities because yeah. I think there are some. Well, let's face it. Um, I I, one of uh, our lovely bear panelists did bring up the issue of, listen, this it's nothing new. It's a yeah, human experience it is, it to is. label. If you've ever been to high school, you know we want that we want to label yeah, people. <laughs> right. So it's not unique right. unto the 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 LGBT community. But I'll tell you, we're really good at it. Right. I mean, well, we have taken we, it to a, as we do. We've we taken can, it to mm-hmm. a level that is just amazing. Because, like we were saying, it's not only you're in the gay community. I mean, gay male community. You are the bear community, and there, you know, you're a bear cub. You, and right. there, you're you know a chubby chain and there you're that yeah. this this are this, you an this. otter are you a you know this a squirrel i don't know yeah. if that's a thing but it's not. you know it's not okay so, <laughs> you know a squirrel you look for what identifies you and so uh, yeah yeah i would prefer to be like a little See, chipmunk or something it's funny because when i first came out 
learning it was a little bit overwhelming learning about all the communities i'm like okay well where do i fit in so i had to break it down i researched all the communities i was like i'm not a bear okay fine i know that and i was like i'm a twink but i'm not a twink i'm a jock but i'm not a jock i'm an otter i'm definitely not an otter mm-hmm. and it was this weird confusion confusing thing where i was like i don't fit in all of a sudden right. and i just you know had you know, opened myself up to the community and then high school was still going on. And so it was weird because I don't fit in high school. I don't fit in here, but I'm gay, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. I think it's and why think we it's get confusing. along. Because <laughs> yeah. we're just like, I don't know. Because we're, we're just basically a hot mess <laughs> in right, right. trying to find our thing. I will tell you this. I learned something about the, the guidelines to being a bear that I do not like. What? Someone, how many times do they say it's an older man? I'm like, huh? Mm. Yeah. I take I think no I see bear more as a body type I guess because <laughs> I'm sure, like no. sure sure well okay I think when they referred to because they specifically said they have members in their bear community that Down are from their 20s their yeah. 20s to their mid 70s uh, I mean I I know that they don't want it to be but I think the gay community has just put that label upon yeah. the bear community because yeah. when you think about it I know people of my age group will say that's the older community um and I definitely think that's not true. Yeah. I've I've met some pretty pretty yummy twenty year old bears. Mm, bless be your honest. heart. You <laughs> keep telling them <laughs> it's not an age thing. It's not, not that there's anything wrong with yeah. not being forty yet. Not forty mm-hmm. yet. I just want to say that <laughs> yet. <laughs> it's coming, but let's not talk about it. No. Um. Not. No. That was a lot of fun to talk about those. those um. Things. And you know what? We, I I mentioned we mentioned Sather earlier, but he I asked love if Sather. there is a straight version of the bear community because I think that there should be straight right? bears. Because I mean, I guess you could call them like the biker crowd, kind of. Mm. Right, but right. I think that's a really specialized form. No, definitely, right? definitely. I'm just trying to like kind of see because lumberjacky kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lumberjacky, yeah. Lumberjacky. That's so, a thing right now, yeah. by the way. <laughs> it is it's an actual thing going it's on. It's that or uh, you know the t- the knots, the no the the buns, the buns. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that guys we've with tr- buns. Yes, I heard that that has transferred. I don't know. It changes so fast. Well, um, yeah. interesting because Sather, yeah, because yeah. in the well. gay community we could put him in the bear group. It'd be fine. Um. So I don't know. That would be interesting. I you've got to assume. Uh, you, I mean, you do. I guess. I know. I yeah. Sather, we're going to do some research and we're going to help you out. So yeah, we'll find it and we'll Until tell you. Then we're going to take a brief break. We are. We're going to listen to actually a song that uh, Houston is playing. It's it's his farewell farewell song. I decided oh, I'm this is the last song he's going to play on the oh. air. Um, and you know what, Houston, you can actually introduce it. This is how this is going to Woo! work. Wow, yay, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, the song is uh, by Same Motel, and it's called uh, My Type. You're back. KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. <laughs> You're back. You're back. It's a thing that we're doing, actually. We, Whenever <laughs> we zone out, we, we need to bring our energy back to so, the conversation, yeah. so we just audibly say, I'm back. Yep. In meetings, that happens in a meetings. lot. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. It's so <laughs> anybody who hasn't know what that doesn't know right. what that is, it's always shocking to it's, them. And it's funny because that means, wait, how long were you not listening to me? <laughs> is really what I think. And who who brought that to our attention? Actually, the "I'm back" statement is someone who's on the mic right next to you. Mm-hmm. It was Houston was who me? told us that. Yes, it was you who said you were telling me a story about how it's a thing that people say, "I'm back." I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't sure. Houston, but okay. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. I'll, I'll, I mean, he'll take it. You know he'll what? take the just blame go anyways. With it. Just, just say yes. <laughs> yes, Houston, it was yes. you. Uh, <laughs> yes, I said that. Yes, perfect. I claim it. 
Also, Houston, why are you leaving us? Yeah. To go back to school. Why do you need school? Because <laughs> I need knowledge in my brain. Okay, well, what are you studying, Houston? <laughs> uh, it's College called... in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's called DTC, uh, so it's Digital Technology and Culture. Ooh, uh, wow. So it pairs with my graphic design degree already, mm-hmm. and then it's also communications and marketing. And you're wow. going to be down south of here, but not that far south <laughs> where I <just laughs> no. Down south of wa- in Washington. Pullman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was just trying to <laughs> get is, him to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he's going. I'm just trying to get you to expound. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were confused. I was like, you, you know where that? It's not Walla Walla. It's Pullman. <laughs> I was trying to get Houston to say, okay, Houston. It's, so where are you going? Going in the south. Yes. Texas. <laughs> Texas. But, yeah. But All right. Not, awesome. <laughs> Perfect. So that's that's our Houston. He's leaving. We He's been with us a few months, Houston. Saddened. How has your experience been with the boys? I loved it, and I'm glad that I can still come back. Yes, because um, we have stolen yeah. stuff from him, okay. so that he has to always <laughs> come back to to our offices. That's that how you keep been. people. That's how you get people to stay. Like in yeah. a relationship, you just steal you their just stuff take, and like you have to come back. That's well, creepy. we're gonna invade your world in college land um, while you're down there because obviously we we love Houston and you. Everybody who listens to those fun little segments that we have little segments that introduce the different things now. Mm-hmm. That's thanks to Houston. Actually, he has been our broadcast intern. He has made those amazingness yeah. come to life. He we'll actually have to put has. a few of those up, especially from I have to say from our um, uh, oh the bullhorn segments. That was brilliant, sir. Brilliant. Thank you. I don't know. It's they're coming together. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, it's nothing. It's well, I just dabble. Uh, you I know. just dabble. All right. Well, this has been an interesting and very exciting uh, two hours with Outspoken. We talked about uh, a lot of things. A lot of things dealing with labels and uh, community, and you know, and being social. Together. Exactly. Yeah. Coming exactly. together as a community. That's so we had important. GPIS in the beginning. We talked to Mike uh, Matthew from Matthew from Hughes. Target. We're going to follow that story for you to find out what Target's going to do about yeah. the um, alleged wrongful termination which mm-hmm. is what we'll call it in journalistic terms exactly mm-hmm. so stay tuned to more outspoken